Blog Talk Radio. Hey, this is Dan Marino. Hi, Ryan Tannehill from the Dolphins here. Hi, this is Larry Zonka. This is Mark Super Duper. I'm John Offerdahl. This is Paul Warfield. Hi, this is Nick Bonacani. This is Jake Scott. Gary Premian. Dick Anderson. Larry Little. Tom Big Riddle. Don Nottingham. Otto Stowe. Mike Colon. Doug Kruzan from the 1972 undefeated Miami Dolphins. This is Marlon the Magician Briscoe. I'm Jim Crash Jensen. This is Don Shula, and I listen to the Pat Catello Show. It's the Miami Dolphins Legend Show with Pat Catello. Join us now as we talk Dolphin football or call in live with your questions or comments. And now here's your host, Pat Catello. Okay, good evening, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Miami Dolphins Legend Show. I'm your host, Pat Catello. As we uh, are less than a week away now from Super Bowl 51, New England Patriots ready to take on the Atlanta Falcons, and uh, we'll go through that. And there's been a little bit of, uh, I guess, uh, information that's passed. Not so much, but uh, a little bit from uh, from last week's show. Uh, and there's been some Dolphin news, too, which we'll go over um, I would say that the New England Patriots now have just solidified themselves as a small favorite in this game, which I, I think is uh, a little underestimated personally. I know that uh, Rich has a different view, and we'll we'll hear from him very shortly. Um, I think that, uh, you know, the basic, uh, I guess, scenario of how this game is going to take place uh, shows a high-powered offense from Atlanta showing up and, and to me, that that's the big question mark is uh, offenses have not really fared so well in the Super Bowl, in the history of the Super Bowl, really. It's, it's been a, a defensive, uh, I guess, um, game plan that enables teams to, uh, to win Super Bowls. I also think there's a formula to beat the New uh, England Patriots, and I'm not quite sure I see it from the Atlanta Falcons' standpoint. I know we have a you know a high-powered offense and a, a decent defense, but um, we all know you know the pass rush and, and and what the Giants were able to do. And I don't think it's any secret of how you, you do it. I'm just not sure if, if that's the way the Atlanta Falcons will be able to do it. From all the reports that I have heard uh, and scenarios that I have seen, it, it seems more of just a Julio Jones in an offensive battle that people think, uh, you know, is going to enable the Atlanta Falcons to, to win this Super Bowl. So we'll see how that all shakes out, obviously, in less than a week. Um, another of, uh, important note, uh, there is some Dolphin news uh, on Anna Hill uh, and, and his knee. So we'll that. And then uh, the pro yesterday, and uh, I'm not a huge It's the worst all-star game out of but um, never was played. And I would say it was certainly uh, Dolphin uh, represented more so than, than past uh, Pro Bowls have been. First Landry and Odell Beckham Jr. made quite an impact in the skills competition, and Landry actually won the receiving thing. So, um, you know, that, that, I guess, puts them on the map even more so. Um the big talk last week for those Mr. Arbus Landry's contract one more year on agent said earlier that I thought for this Miami Dolphin team and the more about it, I think it is absolute Jarvis Landry will dictate where your franchise will be in five years because if they smell just to mess this one up again let him get into free agency, uh, regardless of whether they sign him or not. And to be quite honest, I think if it gets to that point, I could see there being a problem. Uh, if, they, if they don't maintain Jarvis Landry on this team for a long time, I think they're taking a huge step back, and, and I think you're going to be right back where you started from in, in, in no time, uh, both as his skill on the field and also the um, the personality of, of this team. I think that he's uh, – um, basically, I wouldn't say he's the face of this this team, but he's certainly a huge part of it, and uh, it, it, it's what you build your personality and your makeup on. And, and I think that the more that he excels, uh, it becomes more imperative that the Miami Dolphins get him uh, under lock and key so that they don't have to 
to do this. And, and of course, uh, Mike Tannenbaum has made a bunch of uh, interviews as he was at um, the, uh, the 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 college senior bowl in, in Alabama, and and then uh, you know with the Pro Bowl going on, he's talked about his direction in the draft and stuff like that. So we'll discuss all that uh, with you now. And uh, without further ado, let me welcome in my co-host to the show. Uh, Rich, uh, I guess the first place that I will start will be um, with uh, uh, Ryan Tannehill. And um, there's many, many mixed reviews. Now, I would start today by saying that the good news has come out of, you know, that Ryan Tannehill will not require any reconstructive surgery on his ACL and that um, the MRI, which was reported today, was, was clean and fantastic news and it should heal on its own. You were very uh, skeptical of that and outspoken of that in prior weeks, and I think that you still have a contrasting point. So I'm just going to turn it over to you, and you, you tell me what you know and what you think, and we'll go from there. Well, I still don't think there's a decision made what to do. Now, now I hear that you know the MRI, they're, you know they're they're you know they're they're gloating over the MRI, but then he's going to Germany for some plasma blood, you know, treatment or something, you know, some experimental treatment in Germany. So I I, I don't know what to make of this. I mean, it, it does not heal by itself. What happened to him? He's got a partially porn ACL and MCL. So without going in there and stitching it, it doesn't heal. Now, I don't know why they keep saying he would need reconstructive. Uh, you know, if it's a partial tear, wouldn't you think you could go in there with a scope and stitch it and then it heals? Well, I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm not a doctor. As a layman, that seems to be something that... Yeah, we're laymen's, but we, we, you know, you've had enough of the surgeries yourself, and I certainly yeah. understand what goes into it. So what are they not telling you? I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't seem like... It doesn't seem like it has to be no surgery or reconstructive. There's got to be some kind of middle ground here. Yeah, well, I, I guess the first thing comes down to um, what exactly is the problem. Now, your your report to me was that it, it was away from the bone and needed to be stabilized on the bone. Now, were you talking about the ACL? I thought that was the MCL that was away that from the bone. the MCL. Okay, so, so we're still not out of the woods there. From what I had heard, and I think, well, I think it was Ian Rappaport who basically made the, the report today, was that uh, he's not believed to have the ACL reconstructive, and the MRI today confirmed very positive news that, you know, that that certainly wouldn't be needed, and that I guess the MCL is still the part that is, Torn? Is it torn or is it just sprained? There is a tear, right? So a slight tear. Slight tear. Is that in the MCL or the ACL? Both. Both. That's what I was aware. Of. That's what I thought. Yeah. That's that's the reports I hear. I mean, you kind of hear a different story every time, but from what I'm hearing, it's both, and I think the MCL will give him more problems than the ACL. Hmm. Now, I mean that that's. You know, that's strange because, uh, you know, everything seemed to be, like, really good news today. But I know you're very skeptical of the Miami Dolphins organization and it's, you know, on a whole, but primarily there are doctors as well. Well, I'm still waiting for Dwight Stevenson to come back. and still not got an explanation why he had to retire. <laughs> right? Yeah, no, that, that's true. I mean, that... Right? That, Remember that, that was, was going to be a few was, weeks, and that was the career. Yeah, I mean, from what I've heard on that, just not to change the subject on I think that was a nerve damage issue, correct? Yeah, so what, did they didn't go in quick enough? Why? Right? The man walked off the field never to be seen again until he went to Canton. I still don't understand that whole thing. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know. It was very strange. Now, this, so let me tell you exactly what Ian Rappaport reported, Okay. He said, at this point, after countless strengthening and rehab exercises, Tannehill's knee is stable enough to feel confident going into the season, per sources. Okay? Now, here's the MCL. Tannehill's MCL, which was also damaged in the late season hit, is actually giving him more problems than the ACL. MCL sprains are not fixed surgically. And he will be fine long before the season. 
Well, so, that's true. That's great. But why did you go to Germany then? Yeah, now, I hadn't heard the Germany thing. Where, where, what did you hear? Where did you hear this? Can you explain a little bit of what NBC website, Fox website. It's all over the place today that he's going to Germany for some kind of plasma blood treatment that's not available here. It's not FDA approved. Oh, yeah. Actually, it is reported. Tannehill had a healing procedure done by Dr. James Andrews a few weeks following the injury, and he made to Germany for a new procedure called Reginokine, a form of platelet-rich plasma therapy made famous by Victor Star Kobe Bryant. Essentially, it takes a patient's blood, spins it to separate the platelets, and is re-injected into the knee. Uh, you know what that sounds like to me, th- that thing? Like he's going in the Tour de France? Well, total quackery to me. Yeah. No, that that seems like something they did in the 18th century when they did the the bloodletting, you know, where they just made you bleed and it was supposed to make you better. That just seems like total like sham. You know, they looped it in to make it like Dr. James Andrews kind of approved of it, but I think it's a separate thing, right? I don't think Dr. James Andrews ever send anybody over there for that. I think you're right. I think it's completely contrary. He just kind of lumped it in with his prognosis and then said. I think it's total quackery. I don't think it works. I don't. I don't think there's any. I don't think there's any science behind that stuff. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I tend to agree. With and and about so wait, you're gonna tell me you you put a needle in your leg, right? And you're taking your blood out, and it spins around in this thing to put more oxygen in, and then sends it back in. What do you think that does? I'll tell you what it does. <laughs> Nothing. No. But it gives I, you a hole in your knee. Yeah, well, I think what they're saying is what, it, what they're trying to do is they're trying to just extract platelets. So they got to take your blood from somewhere, and they're going to then take the platelets out of it and inject it right into the knee, just the platelets. I think that's what it's saying. I guess so. Yeah, yeah wonderful. I don't know. But I'm with you. I mean, uh, that's going to heal a ligament? Really? I've seen hurt their knee. I've seen guys with major injuries in this league. I've seen them play the following week. I've seen all kinds of things. I've never seen anything like what seems like we have to go through every time on this team. Yep. It just is insane. You know, he tore his knee, he's out for the year. We've seen that how many times, right? Okay, you have ACL. No, it's not ACL. Everybody celebrate. Yeah, he may play next week. Well, he's not ready to play next week. He might play the following week. All right, he's going to sit out the regular season. We'll see about the wild card game. He wants to play. He's fighting with Gase all week. Gase rules him out. He's not going to play in there. And all that went from now he needs to have surgery. He may not be ready for next year. And now he's good again. So, uh, you're right. It's just. It's ridiculous. I mean, it's so up in the air. You can't get a story straight from one get one week to the next, from one team no, to the next. I know it makes no sense. You know, you know, I'm, I'm the, you know, my personality is when there's a problem, you fix it so you don't have to deal with it at a later point. That's that's my that's how I run my life. You know, I don't like let a little problem become a big problem by not addressing this now. And you had plenty, you wasted. What what they waste already? Six weeks, right? You know where you could have been rehabbing, and I, I don't know why the hell it would have to be reconstructive total. I, I don't understand that. I don't believe it. You know, but I think well, they should have got in there and scoped it and gave them a head start on getting ready for next season. I, I don't I don't believe in this crap where it heals by itself. Well, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I'm, I'm with you to a certain degree there. I mean, I think that if that was an option. Then I, it should have been utilized long ago. Like if going in there and scoping it, at the very least, to see what's going. So on. I don't understand why it has to be one or the other, like reconstructive or nothing. I don't, I don't get that. Right. You know. And that's and that makes sense. You're right. Like it shouldn't have to be. I mean, for, first of all, people have arthroscopic procedures all the time. I mean, Marino had yeah. it every year, just to basically what like an oil change. Oil change. Yeah. Right? Yep. So, yeah, you know, it doesn't really and, – and this year, Sue had it, didn't he? So, to me, wouldn't that be better going in there and just see what you could do? And, I would think. And then let, let the rehab that part of it and then see – then take a shot if you don't want to do major reconstructive. Isn't that better than yeah. going to Germany and going to some voodoo guy? I mean, I don't know. Yeah. It doesn't no, make any sense to me. Because, you, you know, the way he gets hit, you know it's going to be an issue at some point again. 
Yeah, because the guy gets hit more than anybody in the NFL and uh, at this position. And you're absolutely right. To, to think that he's going to go untouched for a season or whatever, it's not going to happen. I mean, he's going to get drilled. Well, you know, the, the, the Brandon Albert rumors are starting already, too, you know. Oh, yeah. All right, well, we'll, we'll get to all that. And obviously, uh, you know, I told you with uh, Jarvis Landry as well, there's, there's a lot of talk there about yep. what's going to happen there. So, all right, let's take a quick break, and we'll come on back, and we'll address all the uh, off-season free agency right after this. Hi, this is Nick Bonacani, former linebacker with the Miami Dolphins, and you're listening to the Pacatello Show. You're listening to the Miami Dolphins Legend Show, sponsored by Don Nottingham Associate Insurance. Don Nottingham formed Don Nottingham Associates Insurance while playing for the Miami Dolphins in 1975. Don recognized the need to prepare for life after football. For all your insurance needs, call 352-307-6736 or visit him at www.donnottinghamins.com. And now back to your Miami Dolphins legend show with your host, Pat Catello. Dawson's Legend Show, Pacatello, Rich Van Zant, as we uh, broadcast one week to go, a little less than a week to go before Super Bowl 51, and uh, we'll get into all that, see if there's anything that has changed from both our sides uh, from last week's show. But before that, the Miami Dolphins uh, looking into free agency now uh, as it's, it's going to be approaching quickly. And, of course, the draft and the whole offseason. And, uh, you know, I, I had told you how I felt about uh, obviously Jarvis Landry and, and Brandon Albert was a guy that I had brought up last year in the draft when they when they drafted Tunzel, you know I, I felt that that was basically the writing on the wall and the direction that they were going to go and then they moved him to guard uh, to basically prolong it and now Rich you say that there's some news there it's already starting so let's see yeah they're starting they're starting with the, you know the rumors are starting that you know Albert's going to be cut for you know salary cap reasons you know and that that creates obviously a, a void at guard that, you know, we've been trying to fill for, what, six years now? Well, avoid at guard or at tackle, I guess, depending on how you yeah. do it. Right. Um, but, yeah, but either way, a huge, huge mistake to go that route right now. They're, as they're the, I know that they are in the best shape salary cap-wise in the whole division by far. I don't know how it is league-wise, but they're in good shape salary cap-wise. And there's guys on that defensive side of the football, the Colomises and some of the other linebackers and stuff, that you can certainly – Well, they're going to be gone. Right. Those guys are well, gone. The, the ones you're mentioning on defense, like, you know, they're definitely going to purge a lot of people. But, okay, you know, so the two people the they shouldn't purge are the ones we talked about, Stills and, yeah. you know, Albert. Right, uh, that's my point. I mean, you have plenty There's other plenty of dead wood to go through. You don't, you know, you don't have to go there. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and if they just cut him for that, the sake of doing that, I think it's a huge mistake, especially for a quarterback who's got an injury now and is going to be coming back. The most important part on the line is where Albert. I is. think it's a foregone conclusion. I, I'd be shocked if they don't do it. 
Well, well, then if that's the case, then I have concerns. Now, they also made a comment that they're going to be extremely, extremely aggressive in the free agency market. Did you hear that? And that they're going to they're going to build this team in free agency. Well, what I, what I heard is they're going to, you know, they're going to work on signing their own players first. You know, and but some guys are unrealistic. So, the, you know, if they can get their money elsewhere, well, then so be it. Maybe they'll come back. That that was the one thing, and then how he's going to be ultra aggressive in the draft and trade up and down. At, I mean, why would you tell anybody what you want to do like that? Yeah, I, I don't know why you would tell anybody that. Like that, that's something you wouldn't. Did, you did, did George Patton tell Rommel how he was going to do this tank no. battle before he did it? Yeah, no, it, it is a little ridiculous. I mean, that's that's something that you would really want to keep. Look, look at looking to make trades with other teams too, not just in the draft. You know, player wise, who does that? No, I, how I does agree. that work out? But the comment that I had heard and what I was basically referring to is they had said that they were going to make all their moves and strengthen this team through free agency and that they were not going to do it through the draft. I mean, he came out and said that. And then there was a couple articles that had come out and said, well, they're going to be very aggressive in free agency then. Okay. Well, who's so, available that can help us? That, that was my next question. Like, what do, what do you see out there? Yeah, I, I, don't really, I don't see the game-breaking linebacker that we need or the – or another corner, or I, I don't really see, you know, who's out there that's gonna, you know, that's gonna change anything. Yeah, I mean, I know what we need, and I don't, I don't really know. I'll, let me see if I can find the free agency list, you know, and we can kind of go from there. But um, you know, it just surprised me in a sense. I wouldn't say that I was unhappy with it, but uh, you know, I just thought that it, it was a little, a little surprising when. You know, everybody's kind of geared up towards their draft. And then it makes me, you know, say to myself, well, you know, obviously I'm not so high on on the Miami Dolphins drafting, you know. I, I think that they're not obviously one of the uh, the top teams to do that. So, uh, you know. Uh, well, when you're announcing to the league that you want to make deals and trade up and down, like, I mean, that that's wonderful that you want to do that. But don't you wait until a deal's on the table before you even talk about it? Yeah, you would say. I mean, who, who walks in saying you want to do that? I mean, why would you want to do it unless there's a deal that you want? Yeah, I, I agree. I don't know why you would do something like that or say something like that. It doesn't make any sense. You I know, that, well, that's what Tan, you know, Tannenbaum's MO is trades away the future for now. And we, we're down two draft picks already from last year. Right. I have a list here of the top 100 free agents. So I could give you a couple names. Now, now, Kirk Cousins on this free so is the number one guy they have on here, and then they have franchise. Now, was he already franchised, or is that who they assume is going to be franchised? He was franchised last year, and if he doesn't sign another contract, they're going to franchise him again. Okay. So, Chandler Jones, that's a guy that seems like he might be somebody on our, you know, that could really fit into our team. Um, he's an outside linebacker, obviously, in a 3-4 situation. So, um, you know, uh, it seems like somebody that, that could fit in there. Uh, you know, from Arizona. You know, every time we we signed like a free agent linebacker, has it ever worked out? No, it doesn't. It really doesn't. But every time we draft one lately, it doesn't seem to work out either. So, well, we haven't drafted one in eight years. <laughs> high, anyway, right? What's the last high linebacker draft pick we've had? I don't know. I have to I have to search it and see. Janelle uh, Jenkins, like Jenkins. in the third yeah. or something like yeah, that. Jenkins, I, I don't right. think we've had a high one in a long, long time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's possible. Uh, Eric Berry is a, a, a free agent. He was franchised last year. Uh, A.J. Bowie, from, uh, cornerback from Houston. Kawan Short, defensive tackle. Uh, let me just specifically look at some uh, linebackers here. Dante Hightower is going to be a free agent. So, I, you know, but that seems to be a guy that flourishes under Belichick. And I don't know, you know. I wouldn't go anywhere near him. You wouldn't? No. No. I haven't seen one of uh, one of Belichick's guys ever leave there and do anything. Yeah, I know. And that's either side of the ball. Forget about defense. Yeah, it's either side of the ball. It's true. Can't argue with you there. Melvin Ingram, outside linebacker from the Chargers. Uh, Pierre Paul. I've been hearing his name mentioned so much. I don't know that I would want to go in that direction. Just you know that 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 would be an, a parallel move that really does nothing. 
Well, it could do something depending on where you put them in that. But if, you know, um, you know, with the, I mean, there's certainly room on the other side for him, isn't there? I guess so, but he's not a star. Yeah. He's not a star, you said? You think Pierre, Pierre, oh, Pierre Paul you're talking about? Yeah, yeah. You know what you have to pay him? Oh, I'm sure he'd be really high. Yeah, that's why I was surprised when you said he's not a star. I mean, I, I think he is another really, you know, I think you need another large pass rusher, but I don't know that I'd want to go after him like that. Yeah, I don't think he, you know, what did he have this year, six sacks or something? Yeah, I mean, it was what is that, What is that going to do with it? You know, I don't know. Well, he was coming off the injury and all that, too, so. <clears throat> so you, that, that, that's done now? You think it's just what it is? Yeah, I guess you're right. It's not worth all that money you would have to put up for that, you know? I mean, just from the first 50 that I saw, nobody that's that impressive there, you know? No, there really isn't. You know, if you're really that good, they're going to franchise you if they can't sign you, you know what I mean? Yeah, They're always yeah. letting anybody great go unless you're in total rebuilding mode, you know? Well, that's why I think that, you know, you really need to take a hard look at your own players. This seems to be where the Dolphins mess up all the time, by letting their own guys go. Uh, really, if you look at the history, uh, right down to every Super Bowl, from the Wes Welker to the Chris Hogan's to the Jared Odricks to the, um, the – who's the guy on Jacksonville? Who's, who's, the, who's the guy we let go to Jacksonville? And I know we got a lot of money, so you couldn't – That was Odrick. Uh, then who's the head of the Giants? Oh, Vernon. Olivier Vernon. Olivier Vernon. Yeah, I'm not saying he has to sign all these guys, but if you look at the history, how come so many of these superstar players started with us? Well, you know, there was no reason they could have locked up Odrick, Odrick, Vernon before the end of last year. And I said it. Yeah. Well, so the year I you said, said it. Say it. And they they let it go. They let it go. And, and, you know, it worked out great for him because he got $84 million. They never would have got for us. But, right. you know, him, him and Wake at the same time would have been, you know, but you know what the philosophy was? We let him go, and we get Mario Williams cheap. That's yeah. that was the that was the moronic move there. Well, this is why I bring this up, Rich, because I think that we're at a pivotal point with Jarvis Landry right now. I think you they're can playing play all games the games right now. you want. You're hundred percent. They're playing games. And you know you have a whole year. You have a whole year to get this done. But the longer you let it fester, the <laughs> let me tell you something get. too. You don't want this guy pouting. No, that's what I mean. If you let this fester, I think this could blow up majorly. Yep. I think right now you could nip this in the bud, and you could sign him right now. And this will be done, and he'll be a happy camper, and then you can just build your team. But if you let this go on, I think it's going to get worse and worse. He's going to start pouting. He's going to start reacting the wrong way. And I think it's going to get real ugly. And I think not only can you lose him, but it's going to be. Do you think they're going to try to sign him? No, I, I, I have my doubts. I think that's why he tweeted out what he tweeted out. Because I think, I think there's, there's a problem problems. there. I really think there's a problem because because this the way this front office is structured is they always try to cut salary and draft somebody cheaper. That's their whole that's, that's right. their whole philosophy. Yeah, that's and, right. And this this goes right into that, you know. So, well, uh, what's Beckham's status? Is he, he got a new contract or not yet? I couldn't tell you. So, you don't know if he's still on his rookie? He, they may have gave him an extension already. I think they did. I thought they did, too. Yeah, I think they did. I mean, I think, you know, obviously that's where he's going to look because he thinks that he's, you know, comparable to him. And I understand that he's probably got – crazy illusions of grandeur, even more so than he deserves, right? Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. But you still need to, at the very least, address this right now. Because I think if you could get this off the table, it will be something that will only help the franchise moving forward. But I think if you somehow don't keep this guy, it's like catamount just starting from scratch again, because you're not a Super Bowl winning team. You can't afford to lose your identity right now, the young identity, and he's the key guy out of it all. No, you're absolutely right. I agree with you 100%. 
Now, as far as like the other guys go, you know, it's debatable. Here or there, I think. Well, you know, we can't lose Landry this year. We could just take him off. No, we can't lose him this year. But like you said, you could certainly have a very roller coaster season with yeah, him. Yeah, you know, him being the scruffle, he's not going to play. Nope. I can see him being just really a distraction. Yep. And, th- and this year is so important. I keep saying it this upcoming year is so important because we've already been here. Pretend you just finished the Sperano first year. Now, I, I think it's different. I think it's different because I think this is a better team than the Sperano team. I think that the Sperano team had a quarterback for hire that didn't stay healthy after it. I think you were a gadget play up in New England, you know, that, that helped you win the division. And, you know, and I think things started catching up. And you were also on a 1-15 schedule. So I think this is a better team. But if you don't make the right moves right now, you can go right back to where the Sperano team went. Very easily, yeah. Very easily. Yep. Now, I, I think that Gase is a better coach. I think Sperano got a little bit over his head. And I think that, you know, uh, obviously if you put everything together, this could, uh, you know, if you take the next step, you could change this franchise for the next decade. That's how important this year is. Yeah, if you make the wrong steps, you can ruin the team for the next decade. Without a doubt, I think you can go right back to to where you were very quickly, very quickly, because there's still pieces that need to be put onto this team. You need to not only fill in the blanks, but you need to you you need to make sure you keep the puzzle intact that you have already. already. You know, you know look, I don't have any faith in that happening. Well, I think you actually have more faith that it's not going to happen. Pretty much so, yeah, because I see who's running the ship. Right, and that, and, and that's my concern. I mean, that's really where I'm. Uh, you know, I go with this. Uh, you know, and um, I don't like some of the comments that have been made. And like you said, if that's your plan in the draft, why announce that? Why announce that? You just took your bargaining power and cut it off. Did you? <laughs> There's a hundred percent, but when you know when you have a guy that's you know got a promotion for ruining a team, and now he's running your whole organization, this is what you're going to get. I mean, he didn't just all of a sudden get good. This is the man who traded up for Mark Sanchez, and then after everybody knew he was that he couldn't play, gave him a huge extension. Here was a guy who was supposed to be a salary cap expert, left the Jets in a salary cap mess. That was supposed to be his, he was supposed to be a guru in the salary gap. Well, look, you have the 22nd pick, right? So it's not like you have a really high pick, okay? No. All right, so, so, but even with that, let's pretend it's draft day. You know, hey, how you doing? Uh, I'm, I'm interested in uh, the 22nd pick. We'd like to trade up, have a couple guys. You know, well, what would it take for us to get there? Oh, well, you know, well, we have our, our eyes are focused on, uh, you know, a couple players or one particular player here. We're not really interested in, in, in doing that. It's going to take a lot, you know, to get in there. What are you thinking? That is off the table now. You cannot say that anymore. You want to that you want to Of course. Well, here's the problem, too. You know, if you want to trade up in the first run, you've got to give up future picks again. And that's what he constantly does. You know, remember, he gave away future picks next year. You know, to trade up to get Carew. Now, Carew may be a nice player, but Carew had two pick catches all year, right? What, he had three, three, yeah. four catches? So you gave away picks from this year's draft, at least two of them, to get Carew. Yeah, I mean, and that was I late in the draft. Was, yeah, I, I know. It was a little bit weird because I don't know if he had to do it. Did he have to do it? No, nah, maybe not. I like, I like Carew. And I think Carew could be something. Could be, but, but you know, again, uh, he, was it worth two more picks to do it? I, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Did he have to do that to get him? No, I don't. I don't think so. If you're so crazy about him, take him the take him the, the round before that, right? Well, that's a good point. That's a very good point. If you're not crazy about the round. You don't have to give up the picks. Now, who did they pick before that? Do you remember? <laughs> they probably didn't make the team. So who knows? I don't know. It wasn't like we had a stellar draft. Not everybody contributed, you know? 
Well, I mean, actually, that's uh, that's that's actually a big question here, right? Well, look it up. Since since yeah, you certainly be there. Right I'm, I'm checking it right now because that I think will let you know, you know, whether or not that that that, that move was something that. Um, yeah, let's, let's see. All right, so you took Tunsil. Tunsil, Xavier Howard, number two. Third round, Kenyon Drake. So far, it's a very good draft. Round three, they took Carew. Okay. They took him in the third round. So, so they, they traded up. up. Yeah, they traded up a little, two picks to get him. Yeah. And they traded back and, into the third. Yeah. Yeah, they had. So I, I would assume that you have to do that to get him. Um. I think he probably had to uh, to get there, but they didn't have another pick until round six. But you're saying this is we're not that year those picks? No, I think we lost picks before that. I think we one one of the picks went to Philly with that trade. I think I'm almost positive. Yeah, and we, we and then this year we lost two from the Carew trade. Yeah. Really strong. Like, Tonto and David Howard, Kenyon Drake, and Leontay Kudu. Very good. Uh, actually, Grant was taking six shots. You know, I'm a huge fan of the team. There's a lot of things that you can go on about and you can harp on, you know, and he's made some real stupid draft day trades. I guess I just, I like Carew and I think Carew could be a star. So I, I'm going to, I'm going to hold my judgment on that one, but there's plenty of other ones like you're saying that they could have did. And, you know, Kenyon Drake, it would have been money. I don't think you would have got Drake in the, in the round. So. Um, I'm not sure what they traded. Was it a fourth-round pick that they traded, Rich? Did they have a fourth-round pick that they traded up? Yeah, okay, it makes sense because they don't have a sitting pick again until the sixth round. But you're saying... Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. Listen, the book's out on that. Um, so, uh, I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I agree. So I'm going to reserve my judgment just on the Carew thing, but I think that as far as the other thing goes, and this is all. Yeah. I don't like it. Don't like it. Don't like it. You don't win Super Bowls necessarily like that. You can't win Super Bowls like that. The only way you can win Super Bowls like that is if you have somebody like Bill Belichick fighting with you on the other end of it, which maybe case is. Yeah. No, you can't, you can't recover from that way you can do that. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, there's a game being Super Bowl 50 breaking. We'll uh, we'll go over that before we wrap it up. Right back after this. Hi, this is Larry Little, and you're listening to the Pat Cotillo Show. You're listening to the Miami Dolphins Legend Show, sponsored by Don Nottingham Associate Insurance. Don Nottingham formed Don Nottingham Associates Insurance while playing for the Miami Dolphins in 1975. Don recognized the need to prepare for life after football. For all your insurance needs, call 352-307-6736 or visit him at www.donnottinghamins.com. 
And now back to your Miami Dolphins Legends show with your host, Pat Catello. feels that uh, the Miami Dolphins will never get to the promised land as long as Mike Tannenbaum is running the show. He's making no bones about that, and that uh, may be true. But uh, there actually is a football game being played this Sunday, and it is uh, it is something that, historical-wise, uh, affects the Dolphin franchise, although they've been pushed aside quite a bit as Bill Belichick now has passed on Shula in Super Bowl appearances as well. Um Rich, I know you think that the Atlanta Falcons, you know, stand a decent chance in this game, and I, I haven't quite been sold, although I, I would like to, you know, hear arguments for it. Uh, you know, I, what has changed this week to sway your opinion uh, either for – that's the breaking news. Really? I'm not quite here. You're not coming through. You're not coming through. Um, for some reason, your phone is not coming through. Your your uh, your line's not coming through. Uh, Rich, no. No. Let me try again. Uh, Rich was just saying basically that they had breaking news, and and, and the breaking news was just that uh, I guess that the plane landed. Rich, I was saying. How's that? Is that better? Yeah, we go. We got okay. you now. So try to tell everybody again that what we said. Breaking news on an NFL network yesterday afternoon, and they show the Falcons coming down the steps of the plane getting a hat. <laughs> I'll never get that three minutes of my life back. <laughs> if that's not news, I don't know what is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's a chance they might not have got the hat, but now you know they got the hat. So. Now they got the hat, yeah. I'm like, yeah, you've got to be kidding me with this. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So what's changed? I mean, have you, has anything changed in your mind one way or another? You're more confident with the Falcons, less confident with the Patriots, anything? And this week, Look, I think the I think the the Atlanta Falcons have flown under the radar all year. I think they're a lot better team than people give them credit for. They have a very explosive offense, and their defense is a lot better than people give them credit for. So yeah, I think this could be a ball game. You know, I really do. Talk you know, I don't think Belichick's going to be able to shut down Julio Jones like he did Andre Brown. You know, Andre Brown was pouting. You heard what he did after the first touchdown, right, last week? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I you think know, that's a huge part. They they said he doesn't care what the score is, win or lose, as long as he has stats. They said he doesn't care. Is that unbelievable? Yeah, but I mean you gotta take that from where it comes. Where he's not gonna say that. So where is that coming from? That's a his report. teammates. Just, eh, come on, be easy with that. You, you, I don't know, bro. He's got they score a touchdown, they're back in the game and he's pounding on the sidelines because he was opening to get the ball. Listen, I'm That's not pathetic. saying it's not true. I'm not saying it's not true, but just you know, don't jump on you. You know, you don't know that for a fact. But I did see him pouting, and it's amazing to me. I kind of, 
you got to hand it to them. I mean, all these guys, they go up there, and they completely shut them out. They completely shut down their yeah, And they get into their, they, yeah, either like the star, like Bell gets hurt. He looks like LaDainian Thompson with the dopey yeah. look on his face. Exactly. And then they take, they, they literally take Brown out of the game in the first quarter, you know, with a mind, mind game, and he's never the same. Gone. Gone, right? Yep. I mean, it's, it's like every time. Yep. Um, you know, I forgot. I just saw, I just saw a, a special on them in the year they won the Super Bowl against Seattle, and I'm trying to think who they played. I guess they played Baltimore, and 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 I forgot who it was, but they had a whole game plan there, and they completely shut them down, and they were on the sidelines with the same look as well. Same thing. Yep. Shaking their heads. Yep. Shaking their heads like I don't believe this. This is insane. So you know it it, it, it you know you got to hand it to them. And I guess the question remains, you know, Dan Quinn versus Belichick. I mean, is is this something like Belichick and them are, are working ferociously right now with schemes and stuff? I mean, are you going to see something that you haven't seen? Because the one thing that I will say is I really haven't seen it so much in the Super Bowl. Like I think if you asked me. What were the greatest feats of Bill Belichick going in the Super Bowl, right, when you give him the extra week, the genius of Bill Belichick? The two things that I would point out would be, A, the 1990 Super Bowl against the Buffalo Bills. I think he performed magic on what he did to that offense, right? He shut them right down, and, and that was a magical game plan. And then I guess I would say the first Rams Super Bowl, right? Where they were, they shouldn't have won. Yeah. I think he did a lot of great things there. But you're right. I think Mike Marks had a lot to do with that. Mike Marks and the team. But other than that, I really haven't been that impressed. Like they've brought no. anything great to the table. Seattle had them beat. Seattle should have beat them. Yep. He didn't outcoach anybody in that Super Bowl. Carolina had them beat yeah. too. Yeah, and the other ones they were favorites, and they just hung on to beat yeah. them. And the Giants beat them. So it felt like he came out with something magical out of these seven Super Bowls. The no, there's, there's definitely not. No. But will there be this time? Because everybody's insinuating this rookie, you know, or whatever, second-year Dan Quinn's rookie Super Bowl coach is going to really be outmaneuvered. Now, the one thing I will say, Rich, is I watched that Steeler game again. I went through that. And that, to me, more than anything else, was coaching. They were outcoached. Yeah, I can see that. I think so, too. But when you're two stars, one's hurt and one's pouting, what, what are you going to do? Pouting because they shut him down. He and, was and, pouting in the first quarter, Pat. Yeah, because but he, he was pouting because he couldn't do anything. Well, he started pouting because he didn't get the touchdown the first time. Well, regardless, Rich, you know as well as I do, he was shut down. Yeah, That's but you know he, he, he looked like Randy Moss in the Wildcat game. He looked like he was half-assed in the patterns and he could care less. Yeah, but why? He was not like he wasn't part of the plan. What I don't know, Pat. He just looks like he gave up. He just has that attitude where, you know, you're not going to throw the ball to me, I'm not going to do it. Yeah, but I think there's a reason, though. I think that, the, that, that they completely took him out of the game. And he couldn't be thrown to. I, I just think he wasn't. Oh, he was, they completely took him out. That's what Belichick does. He'll take your strength and he'll eliminate it. You're not going to be able to do it to Julio Jones the same way. People say that's the genius of him, but you know what? It's come back to bite him in the tail as well. I mean, yeah. he's on NFL films. You can watch the Super Bowl a million times. We're shutting him down. Let them do it with Manningham. Right? You've seen it, right? Yes. Yeah. And what happened? They did it with Manningham and won the Super Bowl. Manningham's yeah. the one who made that catch. No question. So, you know, I, I just think that, you know, yeah, that's what he'll do. Now, you say he can't take Julio Jones out. I think he can if he really wants to. I think how? he can take anybody out. He doesn't have anybody with that height. How are you going to take him out? Oh, because I think that if you put enough focus on him, you're going to leave other guys open. And they're not even Yeah, and they have other run. receivers. It's not a one-trick pony over there either. No, that's what I'm saying. I think you could take but anybody. Again, I don't think you're going to take him totally, take him out of the game anyway. I think he's too good. Well, he's, he's too big. How, look at the size of him. You know? How are you going to take He's not going to be able to cover him. Well, you know, I mean, you, you cover him to a degree, but. Um, you throw the ball long and high. How are you going to, if it's a jump ball, who's coming down with it? He's a freak of nature, man. Yes, he is. He certainly is. 
They don't have any long, lanky corners, you know? Yeah, he is a freak of nature. There's no doubt about it. He's the most physical. So I, said, I don't think you could take him out like you took Andre Brown out. Well, I think you're underestimating Andre Brown. What, that he has a bad attitude that he took himself out yeah, of the game? Come on, come on, no, come on. No, yeah, that's not fair. That's not fair because you're insinuating like Andre Brown's not. If he's not the best receiver in football, he's in the top three, unarguable. I'm not saying he's not, but he's got a well, crappy you attitude. you're saying that. You kind of are because all you do is focus it on one game. Well, because, because he didn't get a touchdown in the first quarter, and he's pouting like a two-year-old on the sidelines. It's yeah, unarguable that happened. That he was, and I'm trying to tell you that Bill Belichick's game plan stunted him. And the Steelers. Well, well, he was pounded before he was stunted. That's my point. Oh, come on, Rich. Why would he be pounded before he was stunted? Because he didn't get out. He was wide open in the end zone, and they threw the ball to Williams instead of him, and he was pounding. And and, uh, Roethlisberger had to go over and go, really? There was a whole confrontation on the sidelines. I can't believe you don't know that. Rich, it's not about knowing that. You're trying to tell me like it was an inside thing between the Steelers, that the Patriots had nothing to do with him pounding on that. It was the first quarter, Pat. So what does that mean? So he was pouting because he didn't get the ball thrown to him when he was wide open in the end zone. How did the Patriots have something to do with that? Because, the, listen, you're talking about one play where he was wide open. I didn't see him wide open. Yeah, he was wide open in the Damien Williams touchdown. Not Damien. You know who I'm talking about. The, the Williams that used to be on Carolina. Yeah. The running back. They threw to yeah. him instead of D'Angelo instead Williams. Of, it's Williams. Right. They threw to Williams instead of him, and he was pounding okay. on the sidelines. Roethlisberger had him also. He was never he the was same true. after that. He was totally taken out of that game. And the wow. What don't you understand? It was before that. Okay, but after that. Yeah, because his attitude's horrible. Yeah, his attitude might have been horrible in that game. But so just, maybe he wouldn't be able to take him out of the game if he didn't pout and act like an idiot. I don't know. I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it. I think that obviously that whole Steeler offense was running on two cylinders. They they were they seen looks that they hadn't seen. That was clearly obvious. They had looks that they had not seen. That whole that whole game. You were underestimating the game plan they had on them. They do it every time. You're really underestimating that. And I'm underestimating the guy acting like an idiot in the first quarter. No, you're overestimating it. No, I think that's what the problem is. Well, why why are the Steelers talking about getting rid of him? I'm to tell you it's not. Why are the Steelers talking about getting rid of him? Is it worth the headache? Because he can act like an idiot. Yeah, that's my point. He was lost after that moment of the game. No matter what happened, whatever Belichick done, he was lost. Yeah, but you're trying to make it seem like it was nothing that the Patriots did. It was he didn't get a ball thrown to him when he was open on the first drive, and then he complained and cried and took himself out of the game. Yeah, I don't, I don't think he don't recovered from that. I don't think he recovered from that. Because that's how crazy he is. He said he does not care about Nonsense. winning. He cares about his stats. That's what. That's that's his whole M.O., and everybody can't stand it. Well, well it maybe so. Obviously, you you never liked them, and you try to make a comeback. No, no, no opinion on them, but I can't stand when people act like that. And nobody's defending that. That the point I'm making is the yeah, I, yeah. I think you're making too much of a big thing. It was Belichick. I think it was his own his own doing that he no. that, that's how it came to that. I'm not. They were completely outcoached in that game. That offense was nothing. Okay. You're still not understanding that it happened before what you're talking about. I understand the rest of the game he did nothing. But I think that if the guy had an attitude, didn't have that kind of attitude, maybe it wouldn't have been like that. That's my point. I heard your point. That that he's his own worst enemy. Yeah, he may be his very own worst enemy. And I heard your point 72 times. And you know what? If you're that great of a receiver, you shouldn't be able to be taken out of the game. That's not true. You could take anybody out of a game if that's what you want to do. You could take anybody that's ever played the game out of the game if that's what you want to do. But you're going to get eaten alive by other aspects of the team. Anybody you could take out. Anybody. I could double-team any receiver with a safety looking at him. He will not catch a pass the entire game. And if he does, it's going to be a six-yard out. Yeah. Anybody I could take out of the game. But you better believe I'm going to get eaten alive by a running game and tight ends. Well, the, you know, their running back was on the sidelines padded too with a, with a groin injury that they're yeah. getting fined for that they didn't talk yeah. about. And, and once again, Rich, I'm trying to tell you, all of these are residual effects of a defense.
defensive game plan that completely stunted the Steeler offense. And if you don't think that's the case, you're definitely delusional. Well, you think well, you think it's that good of a defense that this guy has that he could do this? Like, you know, I don't know. I, I don't see it. I don't think he's got some great shutdown defense. Okay, you're confusing a great shutdown defense with a defensive game plan and scheme that right. Belichick put on them that completely stunted them. That offense was a shell, a yes. shell of what it was, of what the team was that we played. I mean, you were there, you watched it, you see it. That this offense, this Steeler offense, it wasn't because Roethlisberger was limping. It wasn't because Andre Brown was pouting because he didn't get a ball thrown to him on the first drive. I don't buy it. I agree that he was pouting. I agree that he was. And I agree that he was all bent and and all that. But the bottom line is they couldn't do anything. Yeah. You know, and it started getting more and more. They didn't do a whole lot after the first quarter in our game either, right? I mean, we had two broken plays with missed tackles. They got ahead. We almost came back in that. Right? I we think, were two fumbles away from being in that game. I think it's a different situation in the sense that I think that they got such a lead on us that they became a little complacent. And I think that if they needed to, and I think you would attest, they could have scored out well on our defense. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't have any faith in our defense. So you got, you got a point with that. And, and, and the Pittsburgh Steelers put up 17 points. They lost 36 to 17 up there. That was a totally different defense. I mean, you're pouting or not pouting. They shut them down, Rich. You've got to yeah. give it to them on that. I don't like the team, but they did. And I just got to tell you that I don't think that Belichick always comes up with these genius things because I think he could have lost, you know, a third Super Bowl last time, and I wasn't that impressed with the game plan he had on, on other time. But in this particular case, I looked at it, and I'm telling you, the Steelers were out-coached. They were manhandling out-coached. Yeah. And I think they did that they were out-coached on the defensive side of the ball. I think that Belichick's scheme really played havoc on them. Bell wasn't able to do what he did, and then I think – Brown was taken out well, of the game. Well, how long did Bell play? Ten minutes? Yeah, he, he was hurt early, but he wasn't doing anything. You said it yourself last week. He could have been 100%. He still was not doing anything. I don't think that delayed reaction thing falls right in the Belichick's hands. I don't think you could, you could, you could run like that against Belichick. Do you? Yeah, because the whole key is just maintaining your ground. Don't over pursue. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. You know, I mean, that's... Uh, uh, are you into that running style? No, I, I never liked the running style. No, I didn't. But it's been successful this year. We'll see if it carries on. I don't think it will. Do you? I, I don't think it will. I, I think, think everybody's going to figure out that you, you hold your ground, you just stand there and wait until he moves. You don't make any moves and you don't leave a hole open. I mean, it's the really... The problem with that is if you're smart, if you're smart, you can really play action pass your way to a, to a lot of points if you, if they do that too much. Yeah. So, because there'll be no pass rush. You know what I'm saying? If they're going to do that, you, you know, there'll be no pass rush then to do that, and there'll be a lot of opportunities to do other things. But I will see how it goes. Do I think they're going to shut Julio Jones down? No, I don't think they're going to do that. I'm not saying that. I think he's a great receiver, arguably the best receiver in football. I'm just saying that, you know, they're going to come up with different things, and it's what you do to counter that that's going to be successful. I don't think Julio Jones will single-handedly beat the Patriots. They're going to have to – they're going to have to click on all cylinders. They're going to have to play, you know, a strong defensive football game to beat the Patriots, regardless of what Julio Jones does. Like, that's my point. They better show up on the defensive side of the football because that's how you beat this team. You know it and I know it. And that's what the most disappointing thing. Yeah, and I don't know if they're able to do that. We'll see. Pittsburgh, their defense and what they did to us, was so physical, that's the reason I thought they had a chance to go up to New England last week. And that's why I was so disappointed that they laid an egg, basically. And they did. They laid an egg. You know? For sure. For sure. So. Yeah. Yeah, I know. But we'll see. We'll see what it takes out. It'll be fun. Either way, it'll be fun. Super Bowl 51, Sunday. We'll see you on Monday and we'll report. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, everybody. Took a look down a westbound road, right away I made my choice. 
Headed out to my big two-wheeler. I was tired of my own boy. Took a beat on the northern plains and just rolled that power off. Twelve hours out of Mackinac City, stopped in a bar to have a brew. Met a girl and we had a few drinks and I told her what I decided to do. She looked out the window a long, long moment and she looked into my eyes. She didn't have to say a thing. 